fascinating. Um, who's, who's, uh, who's knows about the, the Chilean uh, mining disaster and they got the guys out, 33, uh, they were stuck, they were actually stuck a couple of kilometres down but they got to a place where they were about 700 metres uh, below the surface and uh, they, were, they were down in a mine and couldn't get out and, and of course, could we just have some of those images just quickly and um, they're declaring it a, a miracle. A miracle. They're saying things. Uh, one of these rare news events lately in which modern technology and ingenuity has triumphed. Uh, the rescue came at a time when our faith in our abilities was at a low ebb. And how the story panned out was... Uh, uh, but this story tells us about human spirituality, human spirituality, resourcefulness and leadership renewing our faith in ourselves so this is a whole new article I read one out this morning but uh, it's an amazing story of um, uh, these Chilean men stuck down a mine shaft 700 meters below the surface and uh, one particular guy had only been working as a miner for a couple of months rose up in leadership and he said guys keep your cool he apparently is a bit of a bossy boots as a kid his mum said yeah, a bit charismatic and uh, he rose up but um, he put him into rank and file he said keep cool we're probably going to be down here for a while he made him dole out the food and uh, what you see in there is uh, scenes of jubilation uh, including the engineer that was put in charge uh, that said you know I had a job to do and uh, I got about doing it and I put a team together 300 the team was 300 people. I thought about the church. The church is a team. He put a team together and uh, he decided what needed to be done and he joined forces with the guys down there and um, they put their whole lives in his hand. Uh, but these Chileans, of course, they're known to be spiritual. Who knows that? And they, <laughs> 700 meters below the ground, uh, they set up a chapel, they set up a place to sleep. A uh, little mess there, where I mean, a, a place where they could eat, and then they set up a little chapel. So twice a day, apparently, they they prayed, and you know how these guys pray, and uh, they prayed, and of course, uh, they dug they dug a hole, man, they dug a hole. Uh, they they engineering brilliance. They they chose where the guys were at. Somehow they worked out and dug through this supersonic drill bit from America of course um, and uh, Americans make, made, known of that, make, made us known of that of course Americans drill bit and, and they drilled and they found the guys and they didn't know they really found them but the drill bit popped out 700 meters below the surface into the cavity of where these guys were and they got a plastic bag and wrote a note and stuffed it into the drill bit thread so this drill bit Yay, like that, only enough to put this capsule in that one man would sit in and be sucked out of the, out of the, you know, the center of the earth. A bit like Journey to the Center of the Earth, isn't it? And, um, and so they, this thread turns up, oh, great. And they wrote a note, stuffed the plastic bag with the note into the thread bit, and the thread bit came back up out of the earth, and ah, oh, they're alive, praise God. And so began the journey to, to get uh, one of them, uh, one by one, 
uh, after you, sir, and this was the, uh, the, the situation. I know after you, no, after you. And so the boss, the, the, I think the charismatic guy ended up being the, uh, the bossy boots guy ended up being the last one out. Isn't that cool? Who loves that story? And so I started to think about this, this story about the church and rescuing people, rescuing people out of their situations. They're in a pit, and the Bible talks constantly in the Psalms about being in a pit. And, uh, and then, of course, God getting us out of a pit and many stories that I think, who was put in a pit, thrown into a pit? Help me, many colors. Joseph, uh, he was in a pit. But uh, David found himself spiritually in so many pits, despondent, just, you know, just broken down. And, and, uh, but isn't that, isn't that great scenes? Isn't that great scenes? And prayer was the key. These guys were praying like their life depended on it. And, uh, and of course, that's the capsule. Isn't that brilliant? That's the capsule that got each man out. And uh, I love that. Great escape renews our faith in humanity. And apparently there are other nations that help make that happen. One of the distinguished uh, huge uh, factors, elements of the early church was their ability to pray. And uh, they really believed in prayer. And, uh, and they believed in the seriousness of it. the apostles. And of course, we never hear this. The apostles never said to Jesus, or oh, teach us how to, uh, you know, teach us how to worship lead or, you know, teach us how to preach. The, the, the apostles were saying to Jesus, Jesus, teach us how to pray. Meaning we see you so in communion with God, the father. We see you so connected with God, the father. Teach us how to get that connection. Not not, you know, pray, pray in a solemn, you know, uh, religious, formal type of way. But Jesus, we see you communion with God in the desperation of life and your mission and your calling. When things are tough, when, you know, you're wondering what direction to go. We see you going up the mountain and we see you praying and we want that. We want that connection. And can I say this, that Julie and I, in the birthing of this church, learned very quickly that in every emergency that we had, including the emergency of these miners that were trapped in this mine, they were praying. These Chileans know how to pray, man. Families were praying. They were praying. The miners were praying. Everyone was praying. This was a matter of prayer. They needed, how can you drill a couple of, how can you drill so deep and find someone so far deep under the ground how can you how can you drill a hole? Well, where do we drill? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, what about here? No. What about there? You know, how can you how can you save souls? How can we save those people on the Sudan border through a radio station that now can be mobilised through your finances? I don't know how it's done, but by the power of prayer, yeah. we can get this job done. We can, we can save souls, uh, you know, and so in the early days of the church, Julie and I absolutely, it was absolute conviction uh, that, that, that it was prayer that would enable us to do this great work, to save souls, uh, to save humanity in, the, in their crisis of being separated from God. Maybe not miles deep within the earth, but certainly they were separated. There was a huge cha- chasm between them and their God. And, and, and Julian Phil said, well, what can we do? Well, let's, let's raise a team. Let's put a church together. 
Let's put a church together. You know, if we get 300, if we even get 100, that'd be great. But 200, my God, what could, 300, but 400, what could we do? How many souls could we save from their pits of, of you know, despair and, and, and whatever else problems they get themselves into? What could we do with a team of 400 people, I wonder? And so... We're so honored to have this church. We're so honored to be uh, leading this church. But you know what? Prayer and intercession is really, it's really what was giving in, in, in the day of Pentecost. The Holy Ghost, bang, it came and gave us this huge disposition to pray and intercede. And I wanted to go to the story of Peter in, in the jail and one of the first early crises that the early church had. James had already been martyred and they came after Peter, the apostle Peter, and they arrested him and he's in jail now. And they go, my God, Herod, he's after everyone. He's going to kill everyone. And so the church quickly and, and Peter really would have been killed. But Herod didn't like the idea of killing Peter on, on this holy day because they were, it was in the Passover season and 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 Herod said I'm not going to kill anyone in that Passover season so all God's people all the Christians in their homes in Jerusalem were praying for Peter my God we need a divine intervention we need to get Peter out of this situation he's in jail he's not only in jail he's got shackles on him he's got shackles he's got jails he's got guards here he's got guards at the at the jail cell door door and but then he's got gates to get through and and so so, you know, in that situation, God's people, God's people knew. And like so many people in this church have a situation that needs prayer. And so during this Passover week, God's people were praying, Jules, at night into the early hours of the morning. Just like they used to do in the Welsh revival or any great revival. Prayer gripped this church in its early days. Prayer gripped, we depended on prayer like, like air. Without prayer, we knew this church was going nowhere fast. And we used to pray. We were absolutely dependent on prayer. I think, now how? How was that possible? Were you doing it out of good works, Pastor Phil? Was it because, because of just this incredible willpower and, and disciplined life? No. I think it was this, Jules. I think it was because we were absolutely filled of the Spirit. Remember at the day of Pentecost when they were baptized in the Holy Ghost? These, this, the early church was praying and interceding all the time. Any emergencies. So Julie and I are walking, doing our bushwalk yesterday, and that great iPhone with the speaker blasting Jesus culture. Don't you love those iPhones? I should have been on one of those ages ago. That little speaker's blasting away Jesus. We're walking through the bush, the high ground at Chapman Hill. Julie and I are walking yesterday afternoon. Birds are tweeting. They love, they love Jesus culture too, the birds. And, and the trees are swaying and, and and we get a call on the iPhone and, and Andrew rings up. He says, I've got a health situation. It's just niggling me again. I need, I need prayer right now. Who does he call? Who does he call? Sounds like Ghostbusters. <laughs> who does he call? Who, you know, because Julie and Phil live a lifestyle of prayer. We live in the presence of God. We live in communion with God. We live in this. And we're paid to do that. Thank you, church. Praise God. We're paid to do that. Did you know you, you pay Julie and 
fulfill, to pray and to be in the spirit and to live a holy life and to, and to study the word. And, and because when you ring up, when you ring up, when Andrew rings up, we're there. And we stop on the bush track and we start to pray. Let's pray now. We got the call. Why wait for any other time, man? You can't, you know, at home there's TVs blaring and then boom, 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 you know, all that stuff. It's hard to pray sometimes, even in our house. But we just stop right there and we're lifting holy hands on the trail, on that trail, lifting holy hands and saying, Lord, we pray for deliverance for Andrew. He's not stuck two miles down a, a mining shaft, but he deserves prayer. Lord, we're asking, we're, we're praying like, like they prayed for Peter because when he was trapped in a jail cell, they prayed fervently, fervently. See, the Holy Ghost begotted, it birthed intercession and prayer in the church. And if you're full of the Holy Spirit, if you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, you will want to pray and intercede. When you're not filled with the Holy Spirit... When you're not baptized in the Holy Ghost, you could truly have a problem wanting to pray. I understand that. I get like that myself. I get like that myself. But when I'm filled of the God, when I'm in the Word of God, when I'm in the presence of God, you just want to pray because you just feel that prayer can do what it can do. And you trust in God. You believe in the promises of God. Seek, ask and knock. Seek, ask and knock. What happened to that prayer? Matthew 7, 7. Seek, ask, seeking, asking, knocking. Andrew's got a situation. Gail's got a situation. Joel's got a situation. Jason's got a situation. His phone went missing six months ago. I spent six hours on it this week with Optus, tracking it down. But in the end, it's prayer because they'd lost his paperwork. And, and, but, but we want it dealt with. So God, and the next day, bang, they ring me up. Guess what? We found his paperwork. He was insured. He's going to get a new phone. He doesn't know. He just found that out. Isn't that great news? <laughs> prayer, guys. And so Peter, he's languishing his jail. Herod's just waiting for this Passover week to finish. And it's getting to the Sabbath. We're in the Sabbath. The Sabbath's nearly over. You can't kill anyone on the Sabbath. And they're getting worried. They're getting worried. They're getting worried. This is it. It's over. It's over. But who knows the Bible? Who's looked at the Bible? Who's studied the Bible? At the 11th hour, an angel visits the dungeon, the darkened dungeon, the dampened dungeon who knows, as much as you decorate a dungeon, it's still just not like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Peter's just there, but he's asleep. He's asleep. And an angel visits him and slaps him up the side of the head and says, hey, oh, and a light, the Bible says, a light shone. I wish I could take it, but it's all too late. Spent too much time giving you a news item. And a light shone. Who knows how many Christians there are asleep? But he's still in chains and in shackles. The angel's right there, a light shining. Who, you know, nothing like the light of God to dispel bewilderment and depression and confusion. You know, when you just, ah, and then bang, the light shines, Gail. The, ah, yeah, but, yeah, that's nice. It's great. I'm in C3 this morning and tonight's going to be great. Feel the light, but got those shackles, man. 
got the shackles still, man. I still got stuff, spiritual stuff, still got physical stuff, still got whatever stuff. And, 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 and I, and, but then guess what happens? The angel then says, get up, put your clothes on. And the shackles literally fall off him. Listen, guys, I honestly believe God can loose you from stuff that you are shackled by, whether it's addictions, whether it's physical uh, with Andrew. I was honestly faithed up to believe, Andrew, that you could be set free from cancer. I believed it. I believed it. And we've got to believe, guys. We've got to believe in the promises of God. We've got to... We've we got to believe that, that God can supernaturally intervene even down two miles of, of mining tunnel, but he can intervene in your dungeon of your situation. We, you know, the, the, the disciples couldn't go music. The disciples couldn't go to the disciples couldn't go to Peter and lay hands on him or encouraging him, or encourage him. There was a physical there was a physical Restriction, but who knows God's hand can reach through time and space. It can even get to Bali when Neil's over in Bali. Where's Neil? God's saying, where's, where's Neil? He's supposed to be on the central coast. Oh, he's in Bali. Now I'm going to have, gee, I'm going to have to book a, book a, a plane. Jetstar's supposed to be pretty good. Oh, no, it's not. Uh, Virgin. Yeah. And so, you know, no, God just, I pray for Neil. I pray for Neil. And bang, God turns up in Bali. God turns up in your situation. God turns up in Andrew's situation. And this angel shining a light. Who knows you need... Guys, you need light to shine when you're reading your Bible. I don't care if you study the Bible in Jewish, Hebrew, Greek. You know what I mean? And that's all good. But guess what, guys? The Bible says without the Spirit, you cannot understand the Spirit of the Word of God. We need the light of God. We need the light of God. We need the light of God to shine on the Bible reading and upon our prayer and upon our situation. Father, we need your light to shine like that angel brought a light into that dungeon. And so Peter got up in that dungeon and they walked past. They walked past the jailers, the soldiers. They walked past another set of soldiers and then they reach the the Bible says they reach the city gates some people have been saved set free the light shone they feel like they've had a divine visitation but they feel like they've still got shackles on they still feel like they're in a jail cell they feel they still feel like they're shut down can't do what they've been called to do but I want to tell you this Just follow the light, follow the angel. And the angel says, follow me. And as the angel showed Peter out, pass the captives to the city gates, the Bible says. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden that was separating Peter from freedom with these gates. He didn't have to find a key and force the key. He didn't have to find a battering ram. Guys like that stuff. Give me a battering ram. You got a, situ- you got a problem, Jules? Uh, I'll get, get my power tools, man. I, uh, I get my, my grinder. I... Guys, it's not in human effort. We, Julie and I learned long ago that, that building a church and seeing people set free is not by human effort. 
I've wasted a lot of time doing stuff in human effort. I should have been praying all the time. And I'm asking you to pray about your situation. I'm asking you to pray about your, your situation of being disconnected, lost down a mine, whatever situation you have. I mean, they're up against the gate. And the angel smiles at Peter. And the angel looks back. And the gate opens. And Peter goes free. Let's stand. God bless you. Let's stand. Father, we thank you that you supernaturally intervene in our life. Thank you that you supernaturally intervened in those miners' lives. Would you supernaturally intervene in people's situations? So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. Acts 12.5. And it's all in Acts chapter 12 if you want to read it. Father, we're praying for certain people in the house that, that Lord, have situations. And, and there's, Julie's right, there's situations that we can't talk about at the moment. But it could be anything. It could be people having babies. Could be people needing a breakthrough spiritually in their life. It could be people that need intervention on their finances, their health, their children. Jesus, we pray right now as a church. We pray like the early church. We pray right now. I love those images of the early church scurrying around in the city of Jerusalem in the evening gathering together and praying for Peter gathering and praying to the early hours of the morning Father help us pray again help us pray and intercede that's what the Holy Spirit was for help us believe in the blessings and the miraculous help us believe Lord God in your promises help us believe dear God You know, I heard this quote, if it, if it was about good preaching, if it was about good programs, if it was about plush sanctuaries, if it was about radio stations, if it was about those things, the church, the, the world would be saved by now. But God moves through prayer. And I have to confess, Lord, that we've been challenged as a church, and I think the leaders would agree with me that we for a decade we had a strong culture and conviction of prayer but you know what human nature is human you get buildings you get you get comfortable you get to a place in life where things are seemingly comfortable and you stop praying but guess who you're going to call when you need a miracle you're going to pray you're going to call someone who still prays believes in prayer, believes in the promises of God. I'm hoping that this church would be that sort of church, that this church would be a church of prayer, that when people have emergencies, that if some of our people were trapped down a mine, Lord, that they would come to our church and we would pray and we would believe in the release of those miners that we would believe in the release just like Peter but we would believe in the release of your people from darkness 
into light. And on that note, I, I want to I pray for anyone who feels like they're disconnected, that they feel like they're down a pit, that they feel like they're just lost from God. Uh, you just feel that you've been separated from God, then you need to just, you need to make sure maybe this morning, come Jules, you need to make sure maybe this morning through a simple prayer. What are you thinking, Dale? I just really feel like God is going to do fast work in these days. Yeah. You know, as I've been in prayer with him, I know that he is speeding up time. Who feels like time's moving faster? And he's speeding up also the time that it takes for people to be set free, delivered from things that have held them bound for years and years and years. I know like Sunday, last Sunday or the Sunday before, I can't remember now, you know, Sam was over there and Sam has been having a terrible time with his back. You know, a young boy in extreme pain. Yeah. And he's got bulging discs in his back and just in agony. And people were praying for him over there. And I just thought, yeah, people pray for him. That's good. And the Lord spoke to me and said, he doesn't just need prayer. He needs to be delivered from pain. He needs the anointing that delivers from pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just felt like that. I felt like that. I felt like like that, that man, you know, getting those people out. It's like this... This determination, this righteous anger rose up in me. How dare pain be causing this child to suffer so badly when we, the church, just say, go take a pan and all. Do you know what I mean? So I began to walk towards him, and as I began to walk towards him, God connected with me, with with my resolve that this is not right. And I just laid hands on him and just said, pain, leave this boy. In the name of Jesus. Now, he got slain in the spirit. The other people were praying for him. That's beautiful. And I walked away. I didn't know what happened. But they later shared with me that he was on the floor and actually felt this whole light come over him. He saw a great light come on him. And then he felt like the face of God was smiling upon him. And then he just felt his back start to go into place. And he felt heat come down his back. And he felt the pain leave him. Right. And he felt like he had an incredible encounter with God and that he was completely delivered from that pain. To today, he still has no pain. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. 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 So I agree with you. I agree. If we begin to pray as a church, as a people, God is willing. If we will just connect with him, God is willing to move fast. God moves through prayer. And it, do, it's not, it doesn't have to take hours of counseling, hours of working things out. I really believe, too, that people are going to be delivered of demonic oppression like yeah, that. Yeah. As we begin to pray. Like those shackles that fell off Peter. Shackles off. <laughs> like this little girl that sent me this text, you know, this morning. Yeah. You know, she's just watching a video, and, this, and the same glory that was on that video 14 years ago came off that television, hit her, and she was delivered instantly. You see, because it's the glory of God. Praise God. And it can change us. And I believe this, Phil, what you're saying. Yeah. Shackles are going to fall off as we, the church, begin to pray. And this morning, there's an anointing here for that to happen. Peter was asleep. Quickly. He wasn't praying. The angel awokened him. Yeah. But the, the light people were shone. Praying. The people prayed for him. People praying for him. The That's church right. were praying. That's right. And our prayers can awaken our friends who are asleep yeah. to the gospel. And send angels to deliver. Our prayers can send angels sure. to deliver. And awaken them to the reality of heaven, hell, and salvation. Yeah. Amen. So we're praying this morning, Lord. Right now. That you would awaken 
like yes, Peter was awoken, that you would awaken our friends and family Thank to you, the reality Lord. of heaven, hell, and Jesus, salvation. Father, we're praying for a divine white light to shine into the people that you're thinking about right now. Right now, just stand for those people. Lord, I pray for my family, my extended family, my brother, my sister, my mother, my father. I'm praying, dear God, for a white light to shine into their situation. Deliver them, Lord God. Deliver them from darkness. Deliver them from the pit. Deliver them, Father. Just like you delivered Peter. Just like you delivered the miners, Lord, this week. Deliver them. Deliver us from evil, Lord. Disciples didn't say, Jesus, teach us to preach. Teach us to worship lead. Teach us to study the Bible. Disciples said, teach us to pray, to hear the Father heart of God. To hear the Father heart of God, to commune with the Father heart of God, to commune. To be intimate with the Father, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespassed against us. Lead us not into temptation to not pray, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever, forever and forever. Help us pray again, Lord. I pray, Father, as of right now, Lord, a wind of your spirit would breathe into this church again to pray like never before. In November, we've uh, declared 10 days of prayer every day, prayer. In fasting. In the, in, fasting in, the, in the tent, out here in the tent. And fasting 10 days, I didn't know that. but Father... Help us to intercede and pray again as a church. Holy Spirit, right now, stir us up to pray and intercede, to fast and pray. Let us be a team, Lord God, just like the 300 team that released those miners. Let us be a 300 team, Lord God, that released people from the pit of hell. Let us be a team of people, Lord God, put together by your handiwork, Lord, of souls joining this church, resources of people, talented people, equipped people, blessed people, anointed people that can put their their heads together, put their hearts together, their spirit together, and together, Lord God, perform the greatest rescue plan ever performed, the saving of souls into the kingdom of God. If you want to join that rescue plan, if you want to join that, if you want to know God's smile upon your life, if you want to be right now connected to God 
through this prayer of faith, just just lift your hands. If this is your friend next to you, beside you, this is a prayer of salvation. You're not joining a church. You're not becoming religious, but certainly you will walk from this place knowing God's love. You will walk from this place knowing that the hand of God in your life. Just lift up your hands from front to the back, from this side to this side, man or woman, young or old. If this is you, if you need this prayer, I'm going to say this prayer. This is a prayer of salvation. Maybe you just need to, maybe need a fresh commitment right now. Somehow you found yourself in this place this morning, but this morning you want to say, yes, Jesus, include me in this rescue plan. Include me in this rescue plan. If that's you, from front to back, man or woman, if that's you, just... Just quickly put your hand up right now so I can see that. So I can see that in Jesus' name. Got to make sure. Got to make sure everyone's rescued. Got to make sure. One, two, three. Awesome. Awesome. Father.